Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, August 28th. Former President Donald Trump's political and legal calendar just got a bit more complicated, while two dueling hearings today give a glimpse into what's next in the cases against Donald Trump. Clearly, if you are going to be a reporter covering the 2024 presidential campaign, you can't just be expert in politics. You're going to need to quickly get yourself a law degree or something approximating that. In Washington, D.C. and Atlanta, Georgia courtrooms today, Donald Trump's legal fate continued to reveal itself as a central component to this election season. So there are two hearings that occurred today. One was here in D.C. dealing with the special counsel's indictment of Trump in the January 6th election subversion-related case. The other, dealing with a similar topic, the election subversion piece of this, but in the Georgia case, where Donald Trump is one of 19 defendants, and we are seeing one of those defendants uh, make a play to get that moved out of state court and into federal court. So we'll dig in to both of these. But first, in Washington, D.C., A judge ruled that Donald Trump will stand trial beginning on March 4th, 2024. This is for his alleged attempt to overturn the legitimate 2020 election results. March 4th is one day before Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday on March 5th is the day with the single greatest number of delegates available for presidential candidates. Some 15 states vote, at least how the schedule is right now. Donald Trump, if this court date holds, will be on trial in federal court. At the same time, he's trying to convince the Republican primary electorate to deliver him the Republican nomination. Now, you may recall Jack Smith actually wanted that trial to start sooner. He had asked for a January 2nd, 2024 trial date. Trump's team had requested a trial start date of April 2026. Now, this March 4th date does potentially conflict with Donald Trump's New York case. You know, the DA in Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, who has brought the charges against him related to the hush money payments to the porn star Stormy Daniels. That is slated to start as a trial on March 25th. Listen to my colleague CNN's Evan Perez with more details on how this date came about. The judge said that she gave it a lot of consideration, and she also even uh, called the judge in New York, the state court judge in New York, who is overseeing one of the former president's other trials and and consulted with him before picking this date. She said that the public had a a right to a prompt uh, resolution of this matter. Trump has entered a not guilty plea in both of these cases, the New York case and in the federal case relating to the 2020 election. For his part, Donald Trump posted on Truth Social uh, right before I started recording this podcast this afternoon to say that he's going to appeal the judge's ruling 
of a trial date on March 4th, though it's important to note it's unclear if indeed this is even something that somebody can appeal. Judges have lots of latitude when it comes to pretrial motions and setting the calendar. This is not something that is likely to be something that Donald Trump can appeal. We should note how intertwined the political and legal calendars are now. January 15th is when the Iowa caucuses are scheduled to occur. At least that's the date for now. That coincides with the second defamation case against Trump being brought by E. Jean Carroll in civil court. Now, then you have Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina, Michigan. Those five states are all attempting to get their nominating contest held and resolved uh, before we get into the month of March. And it's important to remember here, those early nominating contests, they're hugely consequential, of course. But in terms of the actual prize, you know, you need to win 50% plus one of the available delegates to become the Republican nominee at the end of the day in the summer in Milwaukee next year. They are a relatively small overall slice of the available delegates. It's much more about momentum and um, viability and the like in those early states. But here's the thing. If Donald Trump remains as big of a frontrunner as he is today, all the way up through when the voting starts taking place, normally a big frontrunner like that, if they actually rack up victories in those early states, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, a lot of the competition would fall away. Donald Trump may just sort of be the presumptive nominee real fast if nobody else is winning contests. But now that his opponents know there's going to be a March 4th trial date here, potentially, in the January 6th case, there may be incentive and there may be big donors willing to fund such an effort who are opposed to Donald Trump for candidates to stick around a bit to see if indeed the actual trial causes damage to Donald Trump, even if he has a head of steam and all that momentum. So these trial dates have the potential effect, we will see, of actually prolonging this contest, even if Donald Trump is sweeping up all the early momentum and the delegates, which is certainly not assured. As for that hearing in Georgia today, Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's former chief of staff, one of his co-defendants in that case, is now front and center. Now, this is a guy who has been trying to lay low, folks, for pretty much the entirety of his time since he left the White House. And there have been questions around, is he cooperating in some cases? What is the deal with Mark Meadows? Well, today he is in federal court trying to get the Georgia case that he is indicted in, this racketeering case that Fannie Willis indicted 19 people on, moved to federal court. Well, why would he want that? Perhaps a bigger potential geographic area for a jury pool that may not be so democratically skewed as a Fulton County only jury pool. That may be one reason. Another reason is there are no cameras in federal court and there may be cameras in the Georgia case in state court, which means this would be must see TV for the entirety of the trial. Now, we will see if Mark Meadows is successful In this effort, my colleague Sarah Murray, who has been all over the Georgia case from the beginning, tells us a bit more about what was going on in that courtroom today. He went under oath to essentially make the argument that the activities that he took part in after the 2020 election were all related to his 
duties as the chief of staff for Donald Trump at the time. So, you know, prosecutors are asking him, what is the federal duty of you being on a call with Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump's personal attorney? And Meadows is telling them, well, I was, you know, sort of a scheduler. I was a gatekeeper. And we have a federal interest in making sure elections are run properly. They've run through some of the specific things in the indictment against him. And Meadows has denied participating in some of the conduct that was included in the indictment. And he also sort of opined on what it was like to have this job as the White House chief of staff, saying it was difficult, to put it bluntly, that there was no way to really prepare for this kind of job. Then the district attorney's office was able to call some of their witnesses. Up right now is Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who has already testified that the federal government does not play a role in certifying the state election results. Now, as we always say, none of this is actually good news in the long run for Donald Trump. No candidate would want to be having to fend off four indictments as they're running for president. But in the short term, he has seen his poll numbers go up and he has seen his fundraising go up. And the Trump campaign claimed this weekend that it has raised $7.1 million since the former president was processed in Atlanta on Thursday. And that over a three-week period, which involves the January 6th indictment in D.C. through the Atlanta indictment, they say they are nearing $20 million in donations for his campaign during that time. That is not terribly surprising, but no less stunning a figure if indeed what they are claiming is true. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.